Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from Unite Q. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you a hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. And we're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Commander Joe, and Smoke with Jack, our awesome sponsors. And they are absolutely epic. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products and top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you think about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade, or looking for charcoal cabinet smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supply the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real test barbecue can be yours all year round. And Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation from smoking, roasting or searing. Kamado Joe is the premium ceramic grill chosen by Michelin star chefs and barbecue enthusiasts alike. Get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. And on today's show we have the Jazzy Chefs. Hello. Oh, that's, Hello. Pretty, yes. that's pretty awkward because I'm doing the intro so you can't just step in like that. Uh you sometimes do just step in there whenever you feel like it. Yeah, but I'm the boss. Anyway, well, okay. so, uh, right, let's well, kick this sorry, off. Let's not go into that debate again. You just no, love, lost last time. You just love debating all the time. That's what you do. It's just a massive debate, that's all. <laughs> right, so, on today's show, you're going to have to put up with us. Might not have to go for a whole hour, and then you don't have to put up with us for a whole hour, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we're doing a live do vote. If you want to vote now, sorry, yeah. I just jumped in there, you know. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> standard for you. Live vote if you want Ben to leave, uh, vote now, and if you want me to leave, vote now. And, uh, and oh, oh, they're coming in. All uh, the votes are in, and Ben uh, has uh, to go. Sorry, it's 10, ben, 10, ben 10 to, to 1. Sorry. Yeah, Ben, you go. <laughs> see you later. All right, okay, bye. All right, I'll just have to do it now. Right, so finally, we can agree that I am the best cook. So Dan's just agreeing with me here. He's still sat in the studio. It's weird. He's pretending he's gone, but he's just sat there, just nodding away. Yes, Ben, you are the best cook. So on today's show, I'm going to talk about my new Christmas book that I've released. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm back now. And oh, we I can see. all laugh at that big fantasy of Ben's. But anyway, right, yeah, my uh, Christmas cookbook, Alfresco Christmas. Yeah, mine. I said that already. Um, it's weird when you submit to Amazon you tried putting buy Ben Fortin to left yeah, me out actually Amazon when I first went said, on really no no no, no. Shh, 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 shh. On. what it said was I went on to have a look at oh it's on he said oh it's on Amazon it's yeah live. we were doing published the authors. published authors yeah we're doing that dance in the office and uh, I went online to find out that it was written by Ben Forte and I was a contributor it's true mm. yeah contributed more recipes than you oh <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I didn't say there was a waiting in that. It's just <laughs> I'm the author, you were contributing. Okay, so okay. But no, right. it's great joint effort, and I really enjoyed developing it with oh, you. Now it's a joint effort. It was great. It was fantastic. Loved it. You yeah, probably won't do it again, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm breaking off my own these days, you know. Jazzy! <laughs> off on your own, Jazz. <laughs> right. So the, the book is going well. Yeah, Went great feedback. Number one best-selling barbecue book on Amazon. Yippee. <laughs> yeah, that, that, made it. yeah, that made me very happy. <clears throat> Just one of those, another thing that I wanted to do. Mm. We both wanted to do. We We've talked about it a lot. Uh, there's not many sort of Christmas. I haven't really seen any Christmas books that, that sort of encourage people to get outside of Christmas, and it's something that really completes my Christmas experience. I feel. I feel that since. Don't get me wrong. I've always loved a Christmas meal. I've always loved every meal. I'm a foodie. I love it. But since I began, meals and everyone else, isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> I have twelve meals a day instead of three. Yeah, uh, love all of them, though. and I love them all. Uh, uh, but anyway, when I started cooking my Christmas meal outside on the barbecue a few years ago, uh, the whole fa- it just literally changed the whole meal. The whole family absolutely mm. loved it. Turkey was one of those things for us that we only had once a year, as and we probably wouldn't choose it. But it's sort of like a tradition, so you just go for the turkey. It's once a year Christmas special. Isn't yeah, it? you just got to <laughs> do it. So, anyway, we we do it, and then I felt that we sort of we cook. We were buying a, a turkey and cooking a turkey, but then we were doing beef and a ham joint as well because yeah. what we all really wanted to eat was the beef and the ham, but we wanted the turkey there for tradition, I guess. We'd all have like a, a, a like a slice of it each, and that was it. But that all changed mm. the year that I barbecued it. 
So the first year barbecued it on it was absolutely epic. Whole family loved it, and now we quite regularly eat turkey. Mm. It's on the menu quite often. I mean, yeah, definitely, it's made its way into our household a lot more since discovering that better flavour and better way to cook it. I think. Mm. And you guys are also it's, it's sort of came into your house a bit more mm. recently after heading to the US and uh, discovering the uh, Universal Studios smoked turkey leg. Yeah. I mean, I can remember back, I haven't been to America in years now, but I can remember when I was younger, walking around the parks and they were, that's literally all they sold, those and churros. Yeah. It was their uh, yeah, turkey legs and churros well. every single uh, every single theme park, that's all they sold and like that was what we were munching on. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, Got to get one of these and try it out. It's, they look caveman, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like real manly, like massive bit of meat in your hand. Oh, <laughs> I've always got big meat in my oh, big meat in my hand. Uh, anyway, right. So how? Yeah, so I saw him there, and I was like, just for, thought nothing of it. I thought I'll get home. I'm gonna try that out, but you don't see them in the supermarket, do you? And I went to the butchers and just forgot about it, I guess. And then one day I was in the butchers, and they just had a pile of them there and they're 99p and i was like that's cheap i know from when i ate one in florida how much meat was on it and it was very good so i thought i'd pick up a few of them and give them a go so i went for the usual like brining method that you did with yours last year because i didn't brine my turkey last year you brined yours and i didn't brine mine so i thought i'd give them a go in the brine how did you find it actually really liked it it does have more than just the moisture yeah it's like a flavor different flavor the skin mm-hmm. changes and when you're smoking those like i don't put any rub on my turkey legs it's just just the turkey leg in the brine so the brine is the thing that's infusing the skin okay mm. does this get skin crisp up on your yeah yeah you yeah. get nice crispy skin mm. nice that's what i like to see yeah. have you have you uh so you've brined turkey legs on individually mm. are you going to brine your christmas turkey this year or are you just going to go for Ooh. a a full mm, jazz. I normal. don't know. I might stick with my normal. I think to be mm-hmm. honest. Okay. Just because we l- we loved it so much last year, didn't not love the turkey legs, but I don't know. It's just less work, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, su- I suppose. But um, a brine's not really exactly hard work. I mean, it's no. just chucking everything into a. Well, if you got bigger, a bucket big enough. For it, yeah. If you're trying to keep it somewhere, if you've got a bigger. Sort of larder. Yeah, space got a bigger area. everything. Oh, cleaning <laughs> belly. Anyway, uh, so. Yeah, I'm definitely going with the brine. Mm. I definitely think it adds. Mm. I think it definitely adds moisture, in my opinion. I, I think I should brine. Big debate. I've changed it. And Our book says to brine, so we should both brine now. I'm already brining, uh, and and now you're crying. Anyway, so but I'm also going to. It imparts a lot of flavour as well, so it adds mm. an extra layer of flavour that I really feel penetrates the uh, the meat, which is mm. which is really really nice. So. Again, I don't really rub my turkey. Mm. I tend to get. I tend to use like a flavored butter that I make myself. Yeah. I often make a few different flavored butters and keep them in the fridge. Mm. Uh, some of them smoked, some of them unsmoked. And what I'll do is I'll I'll lift the uh, the neck up and get my hand in there under the skin over the breasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sarah will let me. Uh, I won't force myself upon her. Anyway, and and talk about the turkey now. Uh, and I Maybe will. Maybe your turkey, Sarah. Do you? <laughs> yeah, that's enjoy handling it more than. And when I'm uh, stuffing it, I. Ah, oh! <laughs> right, going off track here. Sorry, I apologise. Uh, keep it clean. Yes, keep it clean. Right, so when I'm, I don't stuff my turkey, in no. general. But I do stuff Sarah. Oh! <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, right. Uh, I. <laughs> So the butter, I rub over the breasts in underneath. I'm not going to go into too much detail because obviously yeah, it's all in the book. But uh, there, but yeah, I really find that all of those things, and I chuck a baking weave on there as well. Yeah, People have seen it. I've posted a few pictures. And I really, really think I've never ever, since I've been doing this way, I've never had a dry turkey full of flavor, really juicy. Uh, like just the different layers of like, Basting going on there with the butter underneath and the the bacon on top. I'm a I'm a fruit in the cavity sort of guy personally. Uh, <laughs> I often carry a couple of oranges around in my cavity, uh, but yeah, I'm a fruit in the cavity sort of guy. I don't tend to stuff it, and I do think my in my opinion, if you are going to stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. If you are going to stuff it, stuff it neck end. Yeah. This is just full of innuendos. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put scotch bonnets in it. Well, if I have a few, I normally carry a few of my socks. Yeah. So. 
maybe a couple of, nah I'm, I'm not but also what I will be doing is a few of the recipes from our our book mm. over the Christmas period so the oh, day before scotch bonnets there yeah jerky wings that's what I was just going to say yeah. I mean day before I was thinking about doing or maybe boxing day I was thinking about doing like a big tray of jerky wings yeah uh, I just think they're cool something just to snack on everyone wants to snack on boxing day don't they yeah. we normally have a family uh, sort of gathering we go to yeah. uh, it's actually it's not our family yeah. but it's uh, <laughs> but it's like a family friend of ours they've always done the uh, boxing day thing so we tend to go over mm. so I might take a tray of uh, jerky wings I definitely think they'll go down absolutely yeah. I think everyone will love them might have to hold back on the uh, Bimento and the Scotch bonnets. Yeah, we can be known to overdo it a little bit. Yeah, Caribbean Queen number one. Uh, we don't see Michael Caine's and Prue Leaf dancing around on TV after <laughs> some of our jalapeno poppers. <laughs> yeah, so I might have to hold back on a few little jazzies for them. But yeah, no, I think they'll go down an absolute storm. Something different, another way to eat turkey, something people probably haven't done. Yeah, yeah so. Oh, rub, the rub that we do on our jerky wings isn't too bad anyway. Nah, if you no. go easy on it. it it was designed to be suitable for the whole family, really. That was when we worked on it. We had the kids there, and they were trying it as well, weren't they? And we knew we didn't want to blow their heads off, so ease off on the Scotch bonnets. And it's only really got Szechuan pepper in it. There's the only in the rub. There's not any other spiciness, is there? To that? No. So in the marinade, you've got uh, you've got the layers of spice coming in for the marinade, and then the uh, in, in the Szechuan peppers is the other uh, element of heat coming through yeah. in the rub. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, lush. Yeah, anyway, definitely worth checking that one out. Next on the list for me, I mean, you said you do beef and ham. Right? Are you going to do those again still this year? I th- think so, but only because we're greedy gits. Uh, so Maybe. I think it's got to the point where turkey is no longer a sort of side to us. We will devour the turkey now. Last year, the turkey was just a rack of bones. At the end of the meal, it was normally. We would have just shaved a bit of the breast off. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So the turkey is now a carcass at the end of the meal. So the centerpiece now. You need to, yeah, you need to have uh, Boxing Day sandwiches. So there's mm-hmm. got to be some beef and some uh, ham going on. I'm, I've made up some lush uh, pickles, piccalilli, stuff like that. Yeah. So You're going to go big roast, like rack of ribs? Ooh. Like, or are you going to go for, yeah? Like a rib of beef? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I reckon I might do. I've not oh, ordered one ribs. yet. <laughs> Could do short ribs. Uh, <laughs> I haven't ordered one yet, but I might do. It is on the mind. I, I do like the sort of centerpiece value you it get from a awesome, beef. It does it? look awesome. Uh, bone-in, obviously. Mm. Uh, you had like six or seven bone-in last year, didn't you? Mm. Yeah, we had a big group last year. Uh, so we did a, a big old joint. Cost a lot of money. Mm. But I'm not looking at doing that this year. It's a bit of a smaller venture this year. We're we're away for Christmas actually. Oh, we yeah, are yeah, we are skiing. So uh I'm looking forward to seeing some snowy barbecue pictures. Do you know what? Uh I'm gonna move on a bit here because we're gonna talk about a couple of new products that we were oh. Well no no no, I want to talk about the skiing. Agenda, but you may as well. But I recently got a uh the Anave Frontier, wasn't it? Yeah, and also I got the Anave Horizon. Yeah, is that the little like chimney type thing? That's the little one that's like similar to the Praki mm. sort of style of uh, stove. Mm. So you've got like a like where you feed a fuel hopper, yeah. I guess, like a horizontal fuel hopper at the bottom that you feed the fuel into, and it's got like a I'd say like a triangle, like a perforated triangle. Mm. It runs along it's like a little toast rack or something. Yeah, yeah. So it runs along the bottom of it, so F doesn't block. So basically, when you stuff it full of wood and whatever you want to chuck in it, uh, the air can flow underneath there still and feed the feed the fire. So you stuff that full, light it up, nice and easy. Lights up like a dream. Uh, same sort of thing as a like you said, a chimney yeah. start sucks the air in through one end, blows out the other, uh, gets the fire going pretty well. Mm. <clears throat> and then it well basically you can use any solid fuel so I've been dropping some uh, cocoa shell in there mm-hmm. 
and uh, that you works just drop fine. Drop it in the top, then, do you? Want yeah, to drop it in the top, or, or I actually used tongs the first time and tonged it in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can just drop it through the hole at the top. The hole in the top goes straight down through yeah. to the uh, bottom, so you can feed it that way. Do you uh, you keep could it even quite f- low, or do you fill it up like a chimney? Style? I didn't fill it up very high. Yeah. I just chucked a couple in there mm-hmm. just to keep it. Uh, well, the thing is, is uh, kindling just burns and burns and burns and burns and burns. So, yeah. I mean, you can sit there and feed it. And actually, to, do you know what? I had my and my frontier, which is the sort of larger, uh, sits on three legs, mm. like sort of, uh, it's like portable log burner, but with like a hot plate on top. Mm. Absolutely love it. Like absolutely loved. It. I used it. Chimney? Did you put the massive? Yeah, chimney put the massive on? chimney on because <laughs> I had it uh, at the back of the store, so I had the it's massive chimney. S- well, how high is it? I was going to say six foot. It was way higher. Way higher than that. Six yeah, foot, you can't reach the top. Could I you? don't know. I could probably find out on their website or something. But or something, it was oh, more than that, mate. It was yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. massive. Uh, designed to like go through a tent, isn't it? You can have yeah. like a chimney, so you can have a log burner in your tent. Definitely, that, I think that's really cool. Mm. I really, really like it. I think that it's uh, an awesome bit of kit and really interesting. Mm. So, so what did you use it for? Oh well, yeah, I, I do you know like the bags of kindling you buy from I don't know, uh, most like to petrol stations yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. Some of them. So I yeah. bought a bag of kindling. Kindling's not something I tend to really have any of. I don't yeah. tend to use it. Uh, for anything to be honest mm. so I grabbed a bag and I used half a bag of kindling which I could say a bag's five quid I think mm. it was so I, I used like half a bag and it lasted like the whole day Yeah. with a couple That's of bit good. like I think I put like two or three uh, little squares of uh, cocoa shell in there Yeah. and then just I mean I didn't put it all in at once obviously I fed it throughout the day and uh, yeah it was burning all day from 8am mm-hmm. let's say 8.30 Till five thirty, so it was burning all day on like half a bag, two pound fifty. So Deal. can't really knock on that, can you? And and no. uh, I had a massive, like, huge pot. How hot know. was it? Hot, pretty hot, hot, hot. Yeah, you can't really control the heat. I guess just put more or less fuel in it. Do you? you you can mm-hmm. because what you can do is the door can be wide open, huge airflow, mm-hmm. or you can there's like two settings on the latch, so you can have it open just a crack. <laughs> And you can just close it to kill it. Cool. Well, actually, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know if there can still can air can still go in, but it suggests in the manual that if you leave the uh, the the you, chimney vent, if you leave the chimney vent open and shut the front door completely, shut the, front door. the fire will still burn. So. I guess there must be like slight air cracks somewhere for it to still flow through, but it said if you close the uh, the exhaust vent, then then it will completely put it out. So I guess there's a uh, three settings there really you mm-hmm. can do. And again, like the latch doesn't have to be on, so you don't have to have the door wide open. Once you get out of that second latch, I guess just by having the door open at different sort yeah. of uh, yeah, people do that with their log burner in their house, don't they? Yeah, they're controlling the heat. They have the door open a little bit, open yeah. it wide. It's like and people, that's how they control them, isn't it? There's like a removable hot plate sort of thing on it. Mm. So what it suggests is is take it off to get mega heat. Yeah. So literally, it's open flame straight onto the bottom of your pan. Yeah. So I literally got there. Say it was lit by eight thirty. Mm. I sat my huge, huge pot of uh, mold apple juice on there. <coughs> so I basically put a pot on there, chucked my mold spices that I put in a little Tupperware dish into it, toasted them slightly. Uh, lucky I took I'm not making notes but what sort of spices would you put in your uh, mold okay. apple juice in my mold apple juice I used uh, star an- I said I'm not making any <laughs> notes I used star anise oh, yeah, yeah. I used yeah, I cinnamon I used coriander seeds I used cloves coriander seeds yeah and uh, what else did I use I used Would you use the same mixture if you're doing that like, mold cider as well as like, yeah? I would use I, this was my mold cider mm. mix, mm. but I actually I just used that. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd never made mold apple juice before. This was yeah. the first time we went to that event the other week, yeah, and that was the first time I had mold cider. Yeah. Where have I been living under a rock? I guess, but I never had mold cider before. Had it in there for the first time. Absolutely blew my head off. Loved it. Mm. They sold mold apple juice as well. That was yeah. absolutely lush. Sold, sold, sold. So I went down to St. Ives on a school trip, work at school. Uh, took some kids down to St. Ives for a media trip. And, no, sorry, uh, 
No cider. Good. Thank you. Uh, verifying that. Yeah. So uh, basically, when we were in St. Ives, they were selling mold apple juice. And again, I'd never seen it before. So oh, I'd only just seen it that first time, like mm. the week before. So I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to get some. <laughs> yeah, literally out of nowhere, then mm. twice in like a week. So I went and had it. And again, it was absolutely lush. As soon as I got home that weekend, it was made a massive pot of it mm. uh, that was the cider type and uh, and me and Sarah drank it all mm. and it was it was great actually really really nice really got us it was I mean that was like it must have been the 27th of November so it's creeping up to like December really got so us in the Christmassy Christmas move yeah <laughs> honestly yeah do you know when you start like uh, toasting those sort of spices and like mm. using those spices in the house and it it really does give you that sort of winter Christmas vibe so mm. that was going on in my house at that point and we were just smashing the mold ciders down lovely uh, yeah so any back to, back to it so I toasted the spices chucked in the apple juice so I had like I don't know 6, 12, 12 litres of apple juice in there and it was boiling boiling like uh, within like 20 minutes mm. which on an outdoor stove in the freezing cold weather mm. I was more than happy with like yeah. I was expect, I was a bit worried oh, no. no lid no, didn't have a lid for the pot Mm. Only <laughs> I wish I did, but I didn't. If I had a lid, I would have put it on. I wasn't not using a lid; I just didn't have a lid. Mm. So, uh, so no lid. Twenty minutes, it was up and boiling. So, yeah, it was uh, really, really happy with that. And then, what you can do is, I then lift the pot off onto the floor. You put that little hot plate thing in the hole, and that sort of acts as a sort of heat deflector, so it calms it down a little bit, it gives it a more controlled heat. So then I just set it back on top and uh, and closed the front door over a little bit to the latch and just let it sit there. All, and it, I fed it a few times throughout the day, just mm. keep the little eye on it. And uh, and yeah, I had hot mould apple juice all day and it went down an absolute treat. Nice. Yeah. So really, really happy with the Anave products. Yeah. Really, really love them both. So I'm guessing that that story is going to take you on to the fact you're going to take away Okay. That's where, I, that's where it all began. Sorry. Let's go. We'll cut that bit. That was me rewinding. Uh, so, ski- yeah, I'm going skiing. Yeah. Yippee. I'm thinking about taking the Horizon stove with me. Mm. But I have no suitcase. You can use it as your hand luggage, can you? Yeah, I've got to take ski stuff and stuff with me. So basically, what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to Post attach it, it to my rucksack. I, I'm only taking a small rucksack with me. How are you going to fit your skis in it? I'm not taking skis. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. I've never been skiing before. Anyway. Uh, Pretty yeah. sure that skis are essential, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm hiring skis out there because okay. I don't own a pair of skis. I'm a average, I'm not even a below average skier, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically going to apres ski <coughs> and uh, drink my way down the mountain. Anyway, so... Where are you going? Going to Morzine. Where's that? Uh, it's in France, but mm-hmm. basically on the border of Switzerland. Like Alps, then, or not? Yes, it is, yes. Uh, Very experienced, don't Yeah. yeah. It sounds as if you've been skiing before, actually, with this knowledge. My brother has. But I, 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 once, I once knew someone that went skiing yeah. as well. I went yeah. dry slope skiing once. Yeah. My dad went off the Fell end. over. He went like off the end of the runway down into the grass. <laughs> quite dangerous actually yeah sounds quite they dangerous said, they were saying do the wedge the wedge mm-hmm. like, apparently you had to like snow plow in, yeah do that so he was doing it but he was just still going forward and he just went straight off the end of the runway um, down yeah. into the ditch it's funny well hope he didn't hurt himself experience no he laughed it off that's alright fine so I'm going to try and my rucksack's pretty much borderline size of uh I would say it's slightly under the the size that you can take on as hand luggage. Mm. And do you know, like, you see ladies who take on, like, hand luggage and a handbag? Yeah. I'm just going to carry a Horizon stove. Yeah. Like, that's my handbag. You could fill it up with stuff. Yeah, I'll put my wallet in it or something. What's a handbag? Do you need the chimney in it? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm not not taking the Frontier. I'm going to try and take the Horizon. That's the smaller one. The chimney. You won't stuff much stuff in that, will you? (laughs) I can try it. I was thinking the other one was more like a suitcase, wasn't it? So you can carry with all What, put my clothes in it? Yeah. Oh, that would be wicked. <laughs> I've used it now, though, so it's going to be a bit like ashy and stuff. So I just blast it out. It's only metal, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Okay. I'll have a look at that. Do I'll it. see what I can fit in it. Because it's got like a little handle on something. I know. That'd be so cool. what, it looks like a little suitcase almost, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, have a look. Put your stuff in a bag. Just get a bin liner or something. Okay. I'll think about it. I'll look into this. Sounds like a good idea. Thank you. I'm full the of first, good ideas. Come, had come to me next time you want some good so, ideas so I can let you know. Back to the book? Where yeah. were we? Well, so you're going to cook on that thing, potentially. 
Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do, but that's what I cook some. Turkey on that. No, no. Hot and fast turkey. If anyone in France is listening, wants to give you a smoker and wants to lend me a smoker for the week of Christmas, I would more than happily take it. So please get in touch. Christian Stevenson did some videos in the snowy. What did he use? Thuros, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I think so. Get a yeah. Thuros, take that with you. Yeah, if someone wants to send See me a Thuros, Dave. <laughs> if Dave wants to uh, just post it straight to David, the Alps, please. David, would you like to send me a Thuros? Uh, Daniel Shahin, the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, you can send it if you like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. yeah. That sounds good. I'd love to go skiing. Uh, we're all quite jealous at home. We keep talking about the fact that you're going somewhere that's going to be all nice and snowy. We've got visions of like a lovely log cabin somewhere. I don't know if that is what it's going to be like, but that's yeah, what it's like be, in my head. I'm going to be laying a log in a cabin somewhere. Cool. <laughs> Sounds like a dream come true to me. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of snow as well for this time of year. It's uh, already snowing quite quite heavily. So it's looking like we're going to get arrived to some nice fresh powder and they're uh, going to be slamming the slopes. You just... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know nothing skit. either, so <laughs> it sounds good to me. <laughs> you can say whatever you want, I just go, yep, sounds good. <laughs> I just want a log cabin. Yeah. We had uh, we had lobster mac and cheese the other night. That was pretty lush. Don't know where that came from. I don't know. I was thinking about I Well, I was thinking about a lobster and uh, langoustine recipe and then I thought oh, about yeah. oh, I had lobster the other night, which mm. was pretty nice. Well I've got loads of langoustines at home that I bought for testing out this recipe and never finished because you'd cooked that one and tested it and got all the photos done i thought i'll move on to the next one so i've got loads of langoustines at home still to try nice big juicy ones yeah okay nice juicy ones. <laughs> go for it yeah well, which well. one which one would you go for because there's three different recipes in there well there's three or four i don't know lost um, count too many you had, yeah you had a garam masala one you had the garlic and parsley and ginger garlic and soy yeah like a sort of asian style yeah. one I probably would go caramel masala to be honest. Cause I yeah, like that sort of yeah, that's my sort of flavours really. It's nice. I mean, if you got a nice big fat juicy langoustines, I mean, I feel that they can stand up to it a little bit. I mean, you don't want to completely kill them with it and overpower them, but at the mm. same time, for the, they, it does go well. It's really really nice. I I love it. And uh, yeah, good yeah. luck. That beet cured salmon as well that you did in there. Mm-hmm. I need to try that one out. Cause it looks incredible. I love the colour of it. It's like a real eye catch every time someone sees that photo of that recipe. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, it? yeah, no, it, it's it's a really really nice recipe again, and that's something that you could do now, and it can sit in the fridge sort of uh, over the Christmas period. Uh, you can pre-slice it. Uh, you can put it into like a vac seal it. You can mm. uh, and keep it over the Christmas period. Yeah. So that's quite a nice thing to do. And also, I mean, sliced smoked salmon in the uh, supermarket is so expensive. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to put it out there because. I'm just going to do it. Risky. Uh, it's risky. I know, I normally just go off at a tangent when I do this, but Here we go. I am severely disappointed with the sort of level of uh, sliced smoked salmon. And I don't know if it's not as fresh as it should be or what, but I'm often very disappointed by shop-bought smoked salmon. Mm. I think unless you're going to get it from a proper deli or, or someone that's done it themselves... Uh, Someone that you can trust that they've just got some fresh fish and done it with or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Recently I just. I've had it. I mean, I've had it. It's had like a. A lot of them have had like quite a lot of brown bits on it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's fine. It might be fine, but appearance-wise, doesn't look great. And Louise and the kids aren't too keen on it when it's got brown marks on it. So I've been doing my own fresh. And it's been yeah a lot better. Cold smoking time at the moment, isn't it? So I've been doing a, lot, a few different things got some butter and some coffee beans and some cheese and all sorts of stuff going down in the cold smoker at the moment mm. Mm. how do you how have you found that so far the coffee beans is quite an interesting one i guess i think we mentioned it with john gower last week didn't we that yeah we'd yeah we'd done it but at that time i hadn't really i think we'd literally just done them and brought them in and we were smelling them in the pot but yeah when but we first smelt them it was a bit like poor yeah blew the head off and was a bit like I don't know, it was one of those sort of like marmite moments where mm. it's so right but slightly wrong mm. and just wasn't 
Actually, no, I don't think it it wasn't at the Marmite moment then. It was just sort of a bit wrong, I felt. But it was all right. I felt that it could it was, have been something. It was nice. You, it was like, bam, I like the smell of coffee. Bam, I like the smell of smoke. Does, yeah. Do I like smoke or smoke and coffee together? But, but then towards the end of the day when we were smelling it again, because you got it out, you yeah. got your jazzy out in yeah. uh, in the studio yeah. and we were both sniffing it. Yeah. <laughs> it love, had a chance to, it. it was only like a day, I suppose, to yeah. mellow out a little bit. But that, that chance to mellow really, really did it a favour. Yeah. And it was a really, really beautiful smell, like a rich coffee mm. Uh, smoky coffee sort of smell and I said at the time I'd had I'd like you, you have smoked co- I mean well you don't have smoked coffee you have coffee with like an underlying smoky flavour to it uh, like a smoky element to it so I don't know whether that comes in through the roasting period or whether it's actually just a flavour element of the coffee bean but it really reminded me of that and it was a really really nice sort of uh, touch actually I really really liked the smell of it mm. I let it mellow for the rest of the week last week and then Saturday gave it a go as a cup of coffee. Nice. Ground it down. Got my new barista machine. I'm getting pretty handy with it now. Yeah, you love getting handy. Yeah, pretty good with it now. I got the froth going to the right temperature. I use my firmer pen to measure the temperature of the milk now. I'm getting quite technical with it. Oh, uh, no. So it's full jazz now, but made made a lovely, lovely smoky coffee. and. Twenty micro herbs on it? No, just put some <laughs> edible flowers on <laughs> But yeah, it actually, I, I, I wouldn't say it's the best coffee I've ever drank before, mm-hmm. but I liked it. Yeah. It's like I didn't dislike it. It was just a nice cup of coffee. It's just different. You know, sometimes you just have like a different blend of coffee and you're like, yeah, it's nice, it's coffee, but yeah, it's definitely smoky. Like you can really feel yeah. the smoke. Like it was... I don't know, maybe let it mellow a little bit more or maybe smoke it a little bit less because I think it, the smoke does something good to it, but I'm not sure if I just gave a bit too heavy on the smoke. Yeah, you mentioned using it in, in a rub as well. And, and mm. I mean, I just think that it will get lost in in the smoking process in on the whole. And you mentioned about using the smoke paprika and rubs and stuff like that. And, mm. and again, I just sort of feel like the smoked element of it you don't really get coming through in the end, I don't feel sometimes. Yeah, I guess it depends if you're going to then smoke it again, if you're just yeah. rubbing something to, to, grill to, or to grill or to roast or something, yeah. you're not actually smoking again, then it's yeah. different way. Or even cooking something in the, uh, I'm going to say it, the swear word kitchen. Mm. <coughs> if yeah. you're cooking something in the kitchen, it could be a nice way to to add a smoky uh, smoky mm. flavour. And I've had like, the suggestions from a couple of people on Instagram of like, Want to try it in a dessert tiramisu or something like that? It's yes, be lush. I think that that will work really well. Espresso martinis, my one. Oh yeah, that's looking forward to that. We yeah, try that, don't we? yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've got my little pot at home. I haven't actually mm. ground them up yet. Uh, to be completely honest, I completely forget, forgot. I was really keen actually to get home and try it. And I'm, I'm well, just all over the place at the minute, mind wise. So I uh, completely forgot. So try definitely going to apology get accepted. Not apologising because well, probably me sick. Apology accepted. Um, Whose apology are you accepting? Because I didn't apologise. It's weird. I'm pretty sure I'll rewind it later and check. But <laughs> this is really awkward. <laughs> right. The book also has a guest recipe from James at Cabrito because we wanted it was yes James Goatober at the time when we were finalising the book. So now it's Goatsember. Yeah. Still going, isn't it? I've seen some nice, yeah, yeah, nice goat dishes in lots of restaurants still popping up, and there's goats on the menu at Neil Rankin's in there at Temper. He's got goat tacos still there on the menu. I still see people posting that on there. He stole my recipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh god, definitely not. Anyway, uh, yeah, Temper. Yeah. I don't want to move on from what? goat to goat yet, but. Uh, and, and James Cabrillo. But temper. I'm we're desperate to get I loved it when I went. There. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been I've not been. Uh I was close to it the other day. I got stranded in London because the train was broke down. I was like, right, that is it, going to temper, but it was about nine thirty. But then he lost his temper. Brum dum It's about nine thirty at night and I couldn't imagine he's gonna have a table spare at that time of day, so Yeah, well we could have paid the celebrity card, eh? Yeah, well, I'll try that next time. <laughs> um, nah, Neil, uh, Neil, I'm yeah, up, I'm, I'm really up in London at the end of January, Neil, so if you want to hook me up, uh, see you then. He's not listening. 
He won't even come on the podcast, so I doubt he's listening. Anyway. Uh, he's too busy. <laughs> he's a busy chef. Uh, yeah, really, really keen to go. Heard amazing things. I was down there visiting the little elves down in Bodmin. Were you? Yes. Do you know who they are? Yeah. The little elves. Ty and Ian. I was down there. And Georgie. Georgie was there. Hello, Georgie. How are you doing? And... Uh, and little Pumba as well. Little Pumba was attacking. Just in case you didn't know, sorry, it's Tiny and from Max Barbecue, and Georgie, Ty's wife, and Pumba, their little dog. So Pumba was going mental at the. Uh, at they were packaging up you. some bit. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no. no. Away he actually did a runner at one point. Yeah. That may have been me. Yeah. I don't know. Did a runner and uh, Ty had to go at the back and uh, Georgie had to go at the front and they were running around the side trying to find him. <laughs> <coughs> but then he came back round and uh, came inside. Ty forgot to tell Georgie, though, that he came back, so she was still looking for him <laughs> about 15 minutes later. Anyway, <coughs> uh, yeah, Ty the elf was in his Christmas workshop uh, packaging up for pickups from DPD and everyone under the sun because there was mm. smokers going out everywhere. Busy time All over. Year. Honestly, like, I was in there. It's back up. The, the, the warehouse is back up full again. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, he said he, they just had a, a huge delivery and most of that gone. It still looked absolute ramo again. Mm. Uh, but Everyone it was all... treating themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all crated up. Uh, there was crates going all over the world. So mm. it was a proper little Christmas workshop and they were rushing around uh, getting stuff sorted. And I was chatting to them about... What were we just talking about? We were talking about something that led me on to tying in. Yeah, uh, oh, temper. 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 Yeah. Yep. Uh, they went to temper and uh, absolutely loved it. Mm. So... Basically, they were saying that, like, sort of like a sushi bar that you sit around, like, the chefs in the middle. Mm. He said it's sort of like that. So you've got basically. So you get to watch it the whole time, then, do you? Yeah, yeah. The, is the that kitchen. The only tables, or is, there, is that just an option? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Well, the way Ty described it was that was pretty much yeah, it's it. the option I want when I do uh, <laughs> And yes, massive open kitchen in the middle, surrounded by, like, a big seat mm. and a uh, big bench seat, not just one big seat, like, sort of a high table benching sort of thing, I think. Yeah. And. Uh, and Ty said it's like a huge, huge table, mm. just like covered in charcoal, with like all these different gadgets and gizmos like all the way around. And when I say gadgets and gizmos, I mean like stuff like perillas, uh, different heights, different height grills, and stuff like that that's over this big bed of charcoal. Uh, and then he's got like this sort of like a... If someone can tell me what one of these is, I'd be interested. It's like a big hot plate, mm. like an augury sort of thing, but... So it's like a metal sort of egg. I mean, I'd imagine cast iron, like mm. sort of hot plate that sits on top with sort of uh, in the middle, there's like three three circles that I guess is the hottest part that you can... The same thing as on the Great British menu. I don't know. What was on the Great British menu? It sounds like what you're describing. But I think you can take those circles up. out and it can be like direct heat from below. Mm, well, the sure circles go the British menu. Sure yeah. Like that. Well, Tiny and basically was saying that like the the concept's whole animal, and mm. the menu is variable to change at, at all times, mm. I believe. So <laughs> it's based on what got. animal they've got. Yeah, and uh, and basically like they were saying they were sat there and the, one of the chefs was there that Ian knew and uh, he was like pretty excited trying stuff out mm. and uh, and whatever animal they had they had and there was a part of it that he wanted to try something out with. Neil was like, "Yeah, cool, just do it," and and that's the sort of place it is that like they're constantly trying mm. things out and experimenting. And they both had a fantastic meal and said that like for everything they ate, they said like the the price was like really really good. They said yeah. that they couldn't believe how cheap their mm. food was really for what they got smack down in the middle of Soho in London. Mm. So so yeah, I'm mega keen to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Back yeah, to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are oh, you about to say to, something? You about no, to come? I was come? just going to say it's top on my list. I think. Yeah, but I've yeah. Got restaurants to visit at the moment. Yeah. Unless you followed by Manchester Smokehouse as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, obviously now that yesterday's gone, when I had my uh, catering stall, yeah, anyway, I, uh, well, I went to number one for one day. But anyway, so back to Goaty Goaty Goat Semba yeah. Cabrito. Yeah, he did us a nice little hay barbecue goat. So he's like wrapped the. Goat leg, I think he did, and he wrapped it up yeah. in hay. So, looks epic. Looks like a lovely recipe. You tried it, didn't you? Yeah, it was lush. Yeah, and I thought it's 
definitely going to be next up there. Next time I get some goat in, I'll be giving that a try. Hopefully get it done over the Christmas holidays. Cool. Nice. You probably have some in your freezer with all that stock, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, oh! that's a bad reference. <laughs> oh. Oh, you have to explain it now. Oh, well, we we're going to get onto that later on anyway. It's all right. We'll go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> that we planned our podcast. <laughs> we we've been playing we've been playing around. We've been playing around there recently where I've been I was after we finished the podcast the other day, like we were sat around chatting pages and I had left it on record and basically like just stitched Ben up with like trying to get him to say stuff. And then at the end, like when, when I uh, exported our podcast and everything, I then started playing back the part that I recorded afterwards and we were like killing ourselves, like laughing. So then after the podcast last week, he wouldn't talk to me. He just stopped talking and sat in silence for like the, the last like, half an hour whilst I was, he thought I was like trying to record it, but I wasn't. But anyway, and then he actually then recorded me on his phone. <laughs> so, uh, but didn't really get, get anything back. good. Anyway, uh, we did get some good stuff. Actually. We were we were chatting. We were chatting this morning. <laughs> no, this morning we were chatting earlier uh, before we started recording this, and that's reference to something that we said we'll probably chat about during the show. Probably won't now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> goat. Yeah, everyone's still yeah. rocking the goat. Love it. Yeah, and there's just the same. It's like. Is there, is there like about 40 recipes in our book? Yeah, yeah. So Ranging from like, I mean, all sorts of stuff yeah. from nibbles to bits you can prepare in advance mm. for like just to keep in the fridge, sort of like fridge pickers sort of thing. Uh, loads of stuff that's sort of adaptable. Again, like you can eat stuff that that's, you can bulk it up for the mains. Like, I mean, the jerky wings, you could serve them as a starter or it could be like a big main. It's, mm. it's up to you really. And again, the jerky recipe can be bulked up. You could do like a whole sort of butterfly I would, I would advise like a small sort of bird for that like a small butterfly turkey mm. with like that jerk marinade that would be lush as well mm. uh, there's a great piri piri uh, chicken recipe yeah I need to try that that's quite a few people have tweeted me and messaged me saying that's like top of their list of things to try So it's lush it's really really nice uh, really really took me back to like actually being uh, sort of eating Piri Piri chicken in like a wow, small well shack. Yeah. It was it was a fantastic experience and it uh, really took me back to that moment. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, butted in on you there. That's right. You was you just really took me back to when I ate some Piri Piri chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Piri Piri chicken. Uh, it was just well a sort of exp- it was a, a transportation through food. Yeah, go on, do it again. Sorry. No, no, no that's right. Don't want to talk now. I'm waiting. Now. Uh, what I'm what else do we have? Little shack. We have on the beach. It wasn't quite on the beach, but oh. it was very loud in there. People were shouting, and it was sort of like as much chicken as you wanted. It was just like free flow chicken. Mm. Is that the they place just kept it, it coming like out. Warm on the beach. No, no, that was, was my that, that was my tequila <laughs> and uh, oh, tequila and off the show. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> tequila and taco. The experience that was that was probably one of my. If I look back on drinking, like having a drink, mm. probably one of my fondest sort of drinking memories. Uh, we were on a cruise ship at the time and we had come into I believe Cozumel in Mexico I believe and we were on the beach and it was in Mexico anyway somewhere in Mexico I believe Cozumel and we were on the beach and there was like this beach shack there with some lady some Mexican lady and uh, nothing happened (laughs) I didn't get with her no Uh, I wasn't with Sarah at the time anyway but awkward (laughs) Definitely cut that bit. Anyway, basically, oh god, uh, <laughs> we were drinking warm tequila. There was no fridges. It was a tiny shack, tiny tiny shack uh, on the beach, boiling hot. About I'd say about forty degrees plus, boiling. Uh, drinking tequila, uh, boiling hot tequila, <laughs> and down the Mold floor tequila was it. <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah mold but with no spices uh, she was selling fajitas as well so we were like we smashed a few tequilas back and then we were like okay well let's have some please drink fajitas yeah please drink responsibly do not smash tequilas back uh, when I say that we were just gently sipping so anyway <laughs> we then said oh let's have some fajitas then so she picks up this Tupperware box from the floor it's like been sat in this boiling hot heat and uh, not wrapped in anything, not in like a cool box. Yeah, that was, yeah, low and slow cooking. And then she chucked, she pulled up this hot plate from underneath like the, 
underneath us, I guess, like the bar table, and it like had like this crust formed from from decades of use. It was like a fossil of fajitas on top of this hot plate. Oh yeah, <laughs> but saying that, it was amazing. Fajita was lush. It got nicer actually the longer I stayed there. I don't know if it had a correlation to do with the drink, but anyway, uh, the tequila got better as well. But anyway, I was just stomach. Is that alright? Well, I can't really remember, so it was all right. Yeah, it's okay. We made it back onto the boat. That was a close one. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a great experience. Really, really nice. It was like a sunset sort of moment. Someone's coming down. Uh, got a bit really romantic between me and the theater. We kissed a few times. <laughs> great story. Love yeah. that. Thank you. Thanks for clarifying that one because it was really relevant to this podcast. <laughs> it was outdoor cooking, wasn't it? Yeah. It may have been on a hot plate, but... I didn't say it was underneath hot plate. It could have been a fire. But now you're a food hygiene expert. What would you say about the uh, conditions in which that chicken was stored? Yeah, well, it wasn't stored in the safe zone, so yeah. definitely not not legal here in the UK. Nothing that. But in Mexico, it adds to the flavour. In Mexico, it's all part of the experience. <laughs> yeah, it's just the way they do things. Who knows? It might be nice. I might try it on my next cake. <laughs> definitely won't. I'm joking. Maybe you could do some catering in Mexico. It'd be fun. <laughs> If I do case, if I ever do a Mexican theme night, which is highly likely because I love Mexican food, uh, we had Mexican food for lunch. We, we did indeed. I brought us in some Mexican food for lunch. But if I ever do a Mexican catering gig, I will make sure and follow her her exact protocol for preparation the and Dorito cooking of food. What Dorito is Mexican? I would say so. I mean, tortilla chips. <laughs> that was racist. <laughs> you just. <laughs> Yeah, just say Dorito in like a yeah. foreign language and it'd be Mexican. Must be. <laughs> right. Well, a tortilla chip mm. is Mexican. Yep. So it's uh, definitely, yeah. And Doritos are based on the tortilla chip. So I would say, yes, they are Mexican. Good. I'm going to go out on a limb there. Yeah. I'm glad we had that. <laughs> Mexican Doritos. <laughs> right, that was our Christmas song. Yeah, we have got a Christmas song. Oh, oh. <laughs> we'll that. save that for another episode. Yeah. We won't put you through that yet. Uh, so, yeah. so I guess I did just mention you being an expert now at the uh, food hygiene. <laughs> That's because you spent two hours on a course online, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I am an expert at food hygiene. Yeah, you are more of an expert than I am. I've gone on so much. I'm just looking at the time. Do, do you know how long we've recorded for so far? Uh, no, half an hour. Forty-nine minutes. Wow. <laughs> you will have to listen to us for an hour, though. Sounds of it. Yeah, oh, and we'll have to maybe we we'll have to do a second episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that. We'll save the uh, your newfound knowledge for another episode. Okay. We? Well, let's talk about the cat eyeball. Yeah. Because you got a cat eye fireball. Yeah. Very jealous. Yeah, it's awesome. It's. I've I seen them at Big Fire when we did our little podcast with Sue Stoneman when we recorded out there and loved it I and mean, I've wanted one ever since. So finally you managed to get my hands on one. And I pr- I w- would love one. I think primarily that we I mean we we're, we're a fire family like we always have like a fire going anytime we're outside got fire going. So I think even just to sit round as a fire pit yeah. would be lush to have one. The last last night we just sat around it. Like it's, we finished cooking, but it meant we don't have an open fire in our house. But we'd like to sit out there and chill out around the fireball. It's Did you? Yes, it was good. So knocked up a goulash. And I know we've had What's a, a what? A, a goulash. <laughs> it's Hungarian, don't you know? Oh yeah, I do know. But yeah, it was me who told you about goulash. So well, it was actually. The uh, this idea came from a recipe that we were going to be working on with a beer brand, but it didn't get finished. So we've knocked up our, I've knocked it up and finished it off, and it's very nice. So it's you and your inspiration, inspiration, <laughs> easy for you to say. Yeah, so yeah, inspired by what you said that we were going to do with the cad eye. So, so I've made my own goulash recipe. This what weekend. is a goulash? Let's go into what is a goulash. Hmm. Well, when, if you're going to Google it and find a definition for me, that'd be handy. But for me, it's like a very paprika-heavy, soupy stew, usually using 
a a soupy stew. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Soup slash stew, okay. but heavy on the paprika, and in mine using chuck steak. So first of all, like browned off the. So it's like a beef stew steak. with paprika is one of the the main ingredients. Yeah, and then okay. using like a chicken stock or vegetable stock. But I've this is where the stock story came in now. I uh, at the moment in our house we have been some gluten free related dietary requirements. So I um, looked at all, <laughs> of the s- all the stock that I had in the cupboard, and they all contained gluten. So the only one I did have that didn't contain gluten because I'd ran out. What sort of stock do you keep in the cupboard? Stock cubes. Oh! But as the what do you have stock cubes went, for? I'd ran out of my. 10 litres of <laughs> chicken stock that I'd made myself last year. Which last frozen. Christmas. And you froze. Okay. And that's run out. So had to move on. And mm-hmm. use that, bou- is it bouillon? Bouillon? Yeah. yeah. Bouillon? Bouillon. I'll go with that. you got bunions or something, I don't yeah. know. So pop some grated some of my bunions on. Grated? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what you bought on my grater for? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. You can have it back now, actually. <laughs> that's not parmesan. <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, yeah, so yeah, put some. I use bouillon because it's gluten free. It's suitable okay. for vegetarians, but my goulash isn't because it's got chuck stick. <laughs> so, but, so you, you use stock cubes. Use, it's not a cube. It's like a powder that you add. Oh, you use stock it. powder. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I would recommend a good quality chicken stock for this recipe, generally. Okay. And how 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 do you make your chicken stocks? You were 10 litres, how did you make that? I boil up the chicken bone. <laughs> Jazzy. <laughs> yes. That's Caribbean so Queen came out there. Yeah, sorry. That's all that Mexican theme from earlier. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, sticking some carrots in it, red onions, red pepper, celery stick. Well, is, this, is this your chicken stock recipe? No, this is just my goulash. Ah, okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. You can do a chicken stock recipe if you want. I'm doing goulash. I just asked you how you make chicken stock. Sorry. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. uh, then I had this debate over tin tomatoes. Yes. Okay. No, and that was when I said to you, like, what defines a goulash? And you would, you yeah, you normally come to me for advice. So yeah, well, <laughs> at that point I gave usually you. like to have a discussion with someone, but a bit awkward. <laughs> You're the only one that's there. So, <laughs> so I, I like to put a little challenge to you: what defines a goulash? And I was a little bit nervous that. If I used tomatoes in it, whether or not that was almost taking it away from a traditional goulash. Did you use tomatoes? Yeah, in my recipe I wrote down that I wasn't going to put them in, but I did put them in because I felt like I needed more liquid in the mix and I didn't want to put more of that vegetable stock powder in it. (laughs) So I went for a tin of good quality plum tomatoes. Okay. And how did you find the tomato... uh, what or what tin tomatoes did you use first of all? Yeah, like Napoli. Or okay. Okay. Yeah. Are they pl- plum tomatoes or okay, nice, yeah. nice. And uh, and how did you find the tomatoes came through in the uh, in the goulash recipe? It broke down like huge amount to be honest, and there's so much other stock and yeah. You didn't get much tomato flavour. No, through. I don't think so. No. Okay. I think if you'd have gone for it a bit, could have gone for more because I, I think there could have been more liquid, but. I wanted to really reduce it down to make it really nice and thick. So I, I think we live in such a worldwide <coughs> community these days, or such a small world is mm. probably a better way of describing it. That yeah, people. I mean, the other day, who was it? Spain were getting angry at Jamie Oliver or some rubbish yeah, about him. Chorizo. Yeah, doing chorizo in a paella or something like that. And I just think, like, come on, guys, get over it, right? Send me. Abuse, I don't really care, to be honest. We've gone jazz, but, uh, haven't we? Because we both say chorizo in a paella. Yeah, full jazz without Instead paella. Chorizo in a paella. Do you know what's funny is, when <laughs> I was in Barcelona the other, uh, the other week, we were literally like, uh, someone said this sentence, and it was like, uh, which tapa would you like? Uh, paella and uh, chorizo, and, and did like every single one there is, but all in like the jazziness. And I was like, that absolutely <laughs> killed me. I was dying. But anyway. And I ordered every single one of them. I don't just want one, I want them all, thank you. That's the idea of tapa, isn't it? Anyway. It is. Uh, where was I going with that? I don't know, sorry. Uh, yeah, because they were kicking off at Jamie Yeah, Oliver, yeah, yeah, kicking off Jamie Oliver. 
Oh, get a grip, people. Come on. Anyway, I feel now, if you let's go with a, a, all these curries, all these Indian curries that we do here in the UK, none of them are Indian yeah. curries. Like, let's get a grip, people. Like, yeah. this is just the way of the world now. But we take recipes and we adapt them. We put our own spin on them. Some ingredients... I would actually, I mean, I'm not going to go heavily on that one that some ingredients aren't available in some places because mostly now, mm. due to how small the world is, we, we can get a lot of ingredients. But actually, sometimes you're cooking something and you haven't got this specific thing in the cupboard. So what the heck, you're going to chuck some tomatoes in. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like what the heck, you've not got your, your chicken stock frozen. You've ran out your frozen chicken stock. So what? Mm. I'm not going to over chuck this. I'm not going to put too much of this air bullion in there. Uh, this vegetable stock in there. I'm yeah. going to go with something else. I want to have something that might complement it. What's going to complement the flavors? Chopped tomatoes. So I wouldn't really be too bothered if I were you. No, if if you, sure I'm not saying this is a goulash and someone going, well, well, you can't put. Yeah, but in my opinion, that person can get stuffed. <laughs> I would replace that word with something else if we weren't recording. But they can definitely get something mm. uh, because I just think that yes, it is a goulash recipe. Yes, it is. And it's got tomatoes in it, so live with it. Yeah, live with it, or Even you can no one's complaining. Stuff off. Uh, but yeah, but if you were to do it and you did have your lovely mm. frozen chicken stock that you normally have available to you, would you have just added another cup of chicken stock to it now? Okay. Now you've had both, or would you like to do no, it with I'm just stick the with chi- my tomatoes now? But okay, I would, but I would use the chicken stock instead of the bouillon. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, and then I just I went like trying to get some of the sort of umami as you quite often mm-hmm. say. I went for yeah, some yeah. soy sauce and anchovies in there. Oh, lush! Very nice. Like richen it up a bit with those flavours. Recently, got my hands on like a a good selection of seaweed. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I've been meaning to chat to you about. It. I forgot about it. Yeah, uh, a selection of different seaweeds. Actually, I was going to try a few different things. Mm. Uh, someone, a couple of people, two people. I was talking about like a. M- mackerel recipe or something yeah, I think it's mackerel I was talking about basically I'm, I'm going through like pairing different recipes with different things and trying different things out and experimenting on dishes and I'm just like I'm really just sort of into a bit of experimentation at the minute and and one of the suggestions was smoking with seaweed like just chucking some seaweed on there for some seaweed smoke so what I was trying to do is I was trying to create a dish that really sort of screamed Cornwall uh, and Pasties. And it will, yeah. Well, I was going for a mackerel, and uh, I was going to use like gorse bush and seaweed as the smoking flavour. And I, I, I've never tried it, but gorse bush, yeah, gorse smoking with gorse. Oh, I wouldn't eat it. I'd just use it as as mm. a smoke. Is you, it all right for smoking? Yes, yes. I've basically yes, it is. You can smoke with furs, although it's not like your standard go to. Oh, the Scandinavians have done it for hundreds of years so so it's one of those things that yeah okay it is sort of one of those things that as as a a u.s barbecue style sort of long periods of time smoking Mm. yes it is a no-go but when you're cooking fish or something that's going to be cooked for relatively very short time that actually the smoky flavor from those sorts of uh let's say what soft woods is is acceptable uh Mm -hmm. i believe anyway so so yeah, that's what I was looking at doing, and I was hoping that it would bring like a real sort of, uh, I don't know, just sort of pays homage to, to yeah, like I mean, when you're on the Cornish coastline, what do you see? Like it's like gorse and mm. and seaweed. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is what it is. And mackerel. It's just that just the way it is. So yeah, I'm, I'm sort of working on dish at the minute, sort of uh, something like that. Mm. And uh, so I've got my hands on some some seaweed to cool. to try out yeah. with that. Uh, yeah. Sorry, back to so you, so umami flavors you were trying to impart yeah. with some soy and some yeah. anchovy fillets and porcini mushrooms because oh lush they're always good aren't they? Did you rehydrate them before you put them in? Or yeah, I did yeah. okay yeah, just not in a lot of water, just enough to cover them and mm-hmm. yeah, I tend to always do that. Do you do you always rehydrate them or do you not always bother? Yeah, I, I tend to. I mm. just thought if you're going to chuck it in like a a stock or something. Yeah. I think that they don't yeah, really need to be, do they? To, to be honest, but I did anyway. And then just a bit of cider vinegar, uh, a few bay leaves, some thyme, uh, and then 100 millimetres of fine ale. So oh, to, interesting. Yeah, just put a little bit of beer in there. Cause there's, I was there's no way it's a goulash now. <laughs> <laughs> I was... You've overstepped the mark now. <laughs> 
I'm not going to stick up here anymore. <laughs> right, right. Want, right. Well, on that bombshell, uh, must be at the hour mark. Right. right. If any Hungarians want to, <laughs> right. see you later. Feel more than welcome to. I am no longer his friend. All right. You're a smoker. <laughs> you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Of course. Of course, uh, of course you can. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So that was that's that, and cooked it all round in my big cauldron over the top of the cat eye for about three hours in the end, and it was lush. As my d- daughter said, that's one of the only meat floating in vegetable juices that I actually like. <laughs> <laughs> so that must be a compliment. Kids eating meat floating in vegetable juices. <laughs> That's uh, meat and veg floating in juices. I think okay. I, I messed up there, but yeah, basically. I thought I'd pick you not up. A, not a great, great comment, but she really liked it. <laughs> cool, I like it. Kids don't generally like that sort of appearance of dish, do they? I remember when I was growing up, it's like oh, casserole, no thanks. But she loved it. Flavors were amazing. Served up with some mashed potato. Done. Cool. See you later. I'm off. So something I find interesting is paprika and like I don't know I would have thought like where does paprika come from? The paprika tree. <laughs> it's a ground pepper, isn't it? Yeah, but like where where sort of claims where can credit the claim of paprika? I don't know. On my tin, it's a Spanish writing. I think. Well, I believe. It's from Hungary. Hungary can make claim to really, yeah, paprika in its dry form. On my tins, it doesn't claim that, but yeah, not everything comes from its traditional origin. Well, it's pimento pepper, mm. but is it? Yeah, paprika. Yeah, yeah. Cool. but I think I think it actually. I think that's why, like this dish, is like the Hungarian dish. Is it, it shows, and paprika is the main ingredient because it, it's sort of like. Well, there I definitely thing. put heavy on the paprika. It's the only, only. When you say heavy on the paprika, how much paprika do you suggest? I put two tablespoons in there. Wow. Mm. I would have put three. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't see. <laughs> so, how was the cat overall? Yeah, I love it. It's so cool. It's so easy to set up and. I'm like, I guess like you saying, like you went through like a bag of kindling or half a bag of kindling. But I'm not used to burning logs generally and I've started to chuck a couple of logs on and stuff now. Um, I'm still using charcoal primarily with it, but you don't have to with that. You can use other stuff as well. So I've been experimenting with chucking some big logs on there and things to keep burning for a long time. And it's, it's nice. It's just nice being out there and having that big open fire to sit around Everything I've been cooking with for quite a long time now has always been with a lid on. You don't get to see the fire as much. It's nice just being at one with the fire. Cool. <coughs> cool. Yeah, I like love it. it. Love it. I've got all sorts of little accessories and that with it. I've got the, like, uh, I think it's called a Zara roasting pan with a lid on it. And it's like a pan, a big long pan on a big long handle with loads of little holes in it. And you can, I used it to roast some potatoes and they came out really nice. Um, seeing other people doing pizzas in it and all sorts of things like that. Um, the tripod and chain—that was what how I like was suspending my like, cooking bowl above the fire on a tripod. That's really cool. It's got like lots of little hooks and like eyes on it, so you can higher it and lower it. So if you want it to get hotter, you can put it closer to the fire. If you want it cooler, you can move it up higher. Um, I've got a chapati pan as well. I haven't tried that yet. I need to give that a go next weekend. And then just some little grill trays, which are just really handy just for grilling like your veg and stuff. There's one of the recipes that we put in the Christmas book for like grilled asparagus and grilled tender stem broccoli and stuff like that. They all work really nicely on those grill pans that it came with. So yeah, cool. overall very happy with it. It comes with like some nice tongs and a like wire brush for brushing it all down and keeping it clean. I put like a small layer of sand into the bottom of the fireball to start it off. And it just sort of brings the the base of the fireball up a bit higher, and then gives you like a flatter surface to lay your fire out on instead of it just being like a pile down in okay. the middle. So they sort of recommend you do that in the manual, just 
I think it can protect from heat as well. If you're using it on like a lower stand, and it's close to the grass. I think if you've got like a big layer of sand in between, it stops it from burning and killing your grass below it as well. But okay, I'm not worried about that. What about airflow? Is there a hole in the bottom? Uh, there is, but it's just for drainage. So it's not okay. airflow for that. No, so it's just a fire. Just build a good fire. Okay. Which is quite cool actually, because it's nice to like work on fire building skills as well. If you're, like, if you're actually now just building. Going to go on a bushcraft course. Yeah. <laughs> right, we're over the hour. Uh-oh. I'm going to stop there. There's loads of bits you can cut anyway. Yeah, all every bit that you talked on. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'll cut out all your bits, and then we'll be back under the hour. Sweet. But uh, yeah, yep. thanks for tuning in, guys. You've uh, just listened to another awesome podcast from me. And me. <laughs> and that's to <laughs> I'm going to take Ben's bow but that's to get you over hump day and I hope we've managed to do that just us two yep chatting about general just chit chat hope it wasn't too boring for you I went into a lot of weird stories off tangent so I apologise but tired, uh, <laughs> I'm very tired bit delirious bit chillied out ate a lot of food and it's just sort of uh, not gone right anyway so as always, we're brought to you by ProQ Barbecue Gourmet and Commando Joe and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice to beginners to pit masters. And you can find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you think about buying your first smoker, wanting to upgrade, or looking for charcoal cabinet smokers, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And if you want something for over the Christmas period, get in quick because... At the rate of knots, I saw them working. There's going to be nothing left soon. So uh, so get in there, guys, and uh, get ordering. Uh, barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and spying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas, or electric, the real taste of summer can be yours all year round. And Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, Kamado Joe is, is the premium ceramic grill. Joe's are my Michelin stars and barbecue enthusiasts alike. Get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. And Smoke with Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoking goodness, you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, then head on over to smokewoodshack.com and you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thanks for pointing at me when you said you provide the talent. That was nice. You have no talent, is why I said it to you. But uh, I'm the best part of you. Thank you very much. I'm the best. Goodbye. I'm the best.